Warning, this show describes graphic sexual situations and is for mature audiences only. Some beef jerky and some chocolates. 
He loves beef jerky. Guys love beef jerky. <laughs> it was like, no, he has this um this seasoning. It's this McCormick seasoning that you can buy at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's his favorite fucking seasoning. It's the Montreal steak seasoning, right? Yeah. It's the best. Like, everybody has his steak, and they're like, this is the best. What do you use? And he's always like, it's the Montreal steak. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, shit, they got beef jerky this flavor. I was like, that's going to be amazing. Like, you got beef jerky in your favorite seasoning marinade packet flavor. That's bomb. That's thoughtful, okay? <laughs> so I put a little Valentine's bag. And I'm like, okay, cool. We got something small. I was also made a huge dinner. We had steak, salmon, crab legs, potatoes. I made fucking crumb brulee from scratch. Okay. Had to go get the butane. I was gassing and getting gas on me and shit till I figured it out. I worked hard. I decorated our fucking bedroom. You didn't tell me that. To the nines. I decorated the walls with balloons and... Where did you get a picture of that? I did a picture. I'll post a picture of that. I did um, streamers on the ceiling fan, so when you turned on the ceiling fan, there was like pink and black streamers that were spinning around. Oh, you did I did like some confetti. Thought into this. I put thought into it, okay? Okay, we didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah. You oh, just you told said us you gave the manager. That's all you told us. But remember, the bedroom stuff is not the gift, so it doesn't count. That's part okay. of the gift. It could have been part of the gift this time since you only said Jersey. <laughs> I decorated it, whatever. We had a good time. Aww. So he comes home. He's like, all right, don't come upstairs. He's bringing hammers and drills. He's got the dolly. There's a big box. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? I'm like, he walks by with a drill. I'm like, a sex swing? I'm like, nah, it couldn't be a sex swing because the box is too heavy. I was like, what is he doing? So I come upstairs. He has a whole ass fireplace in our bedroom now. So he got me, the one that said no gifts, a motherfucking fireplace. And I got him beef jerky. But I didn't fuck it up. <laughs> he had a wonderful night. Oh, man. After the last few months we've had, he said it's been the best night Aww. in months. That's definitely a compliment. Yeah, I mean, he's more of a, and I'm the same way too. Like, I'm not big on unnecessary gifts. Like, don't give me shit just to say you got me something. Like, yeah. I like things that are useful. So, I mean, but I'm big on experiences, you know, mm-hmm. in the moment. Like, I don't need stuff. And he's the same way. Aww. So, I really feel like he's okay, you know? I mean, the only bad thing was yesterday he told me he didn't like the jerky. <laughs> <laughs> like, the one thing I got you, I was like, I love my fucking fireplace. <laughs> this shit's been on, like, nonstop. Aww. But, fuck that jerky. But we had fun. We had a fine time. He didn't How many rounds did y'all fuck? How many rounds did y'all go? By the time, like, he got off work, he got our daughter. And then he said he wanted to put the steak on the grill. I'm like, that's going to take forever to heat up. It was like 30 degrees. I was like, the baked potatoes going to take like an hour. We had to get our daughter to bed. Then he put the fireplace together. So it was late as fuck. So we did it once. And I was like, we're going to do it before we eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's because he Good hates, job. He hates seafood. So I was like, I don't want you, like, smelling the delicious old bay and crabs and shit on me. Yeah. So I was like, let's just have sex first and then we can eat. So we ended up eating. Shit, it was like midnight, wasn't it? It was like 11. It was late as fuck. And then we went to sleep. All right. But we had, like... We it was a good sleep. round. It yeah. was a good round. Before dinner. Yeah. yeah. We had a good time. Aww, I feel like it's more saw. disturbing to know that you guys did that before you made dinner. <laughs> 
with Co-Offer hands before. <laughs> <laughs> we looked a little tired at that table. It was supposed to be romantic and I was supposed to look nice. By that time, the ponytail was off. By oh, that time, we looked better. <laughs> I was back in my dirty pajamas. Like, we was just, oh just noshing on crab legs. I was like, it's not going to be sexy watching me crack open crab, crab legs with my fucking teeth. So I was like, let's get the sex out of the way first. <laughs> I'm so glad you made that decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, we were tired. He worked that day, and I was running around all day, mm. getting decorations and cooking and fucking up the creme brulee, which actually came out pretty good. Mm. I fucked up the chocolate covered strawberry. I don't really taste the creme brulee. I tried the creme I still got some. It was good for a first time. Oh, but you gotta put um, sugar on top, and then you take the like blowtorch thingy and like make the sugar all crispy. But it's good. We got a couple left. I'm gonna make some more since I think I know what I did wrong. But it was good. <laughs> Cause she ain't a man jerky. That he ain't even like. You could have got him a pair of bedroom slippers, or some new work boots, some something, some damn jerky. He just bought and work boots. And he doesn't wear slippers. He doesn't like pajamas. How do you know he don't like slippers? He doesn't he like his like feet hot. Yes, I've been with this man 11 years as of the 11th. He don't wear slippers. He don't I bet you up. if you bought him, he'll wear Yeah, but it's not cause because because you bought him. It was the thought that counts. So that's why. Just like I'm pretty sure he ate your nasty jerky, even though he didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just because you bought it. I reject that C. I take a, a B for sure. C. We had a good night, especially after the 2020 in the last few months like this was a much needed reset for us like it was good i give you a B thank you I give you a B she being nice way too nice oh. <laughs> okay what you do then boo <laughs> that damn thing <laughs> <laughs> and missy you was just hustling on that <sighs> yeah you know just driving my uber looking cute <laughs> I hope you got lots of good tips. I did. Yeah, the couples were really nice. And it was nice seeing the little ladies come to the car with all their flowers and shit. Cool. Yeah. That's good. I said at the bar, it ain't tacos and drink my So I feel like I should automatically get a higher grade because y'all ain't do shit. Y'all ain't even try. <laughs> I did try. Oh, man. I just. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh gosh. Missy, you had a special lady friend. Like, where do do we backtrack? Oh, like, we got to talk about the whole 2020 because 2020 is <sighs> fucked up. That lady, that girl, she, she, she's off. I get stalker vibes from her. I feel like everybody could stalk you, though. Like, you're just stalkable. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's not good stalker vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So, no to that I'm one. Just, I don't know. I told you, I'm probably selling the 2020. I think yeah, I'm fucking playing. Mm-hmm. I'm over people. Oh, don't feel bad. I've had enough, enough sex in my life. <laughs> 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 oh, 
shit. <laughs> so I guess you didn't do well on the um, coming in the 2020 challenge, huh? No, I did not. <laughs> Missy failed. I failed too. <laughs> but it was not my fault. It was not my fault. This motherfucker was asleep. Two minutes after the ball dropped. Okay, so what would y'all say to me? She tried to wake him up. You tried? She tried to I did. I really did. I tried for a whole 45 minutes. This motherfucker was gone. And two minutes after the ball dropped, he popped up like, what happened? They celebrating. Go back to sleep. Good night. Too late. Oh my God. What about you? I just feel like I've been doing really good on hiatus, like making efforts. And you guys aren't appreciating that. Like, I am showing growth. You did. Oh, That's how you guys exactly see. are. <laughs> Let's see if you had across the board. <laughs>
from the baby. Right? Yeah. And, you know, his dad was in Atlanta. So, and his, my husband's brother was listed as Mexican on all the paperwork. So it was a pain in the dick because his brother was like, just let the state take him. We're like, nah, we'll, we'll get him up here. So, you know, the next week was dealing with the hospital and the funeral home and trying to make arrangements to get, you know, his dad taken care of. We just got him the first week of February. And the fucking mailman's a dick because he just left the freaking ashes on the front porch. So you're a dick. You, yeah, going. that's fucked up. Because you said the tape said... It says human remains on it. Like, you can at least ring the damn doorbell. You know I'm home. He knows me. Yeah. Should have yelled at him. <laughs> Next time you see his ass. Because I see him almost every day. He always home. But yeah, I mean, we just got the ashes. But um, yeah, so we dealt with that. Made the arrangements. My husband's, you know, being weird. He's mourning. He has like a weird morning playlist on Spotify. He's listening to Walking Around the House. I'm like, this is depressing. He's playing chess by himself because he liked playing chess with his dad. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've never lost a parent. Like, I don't know how I can help, but he's being really weird. So I'm like, okay, let's like take walks and shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had about a week of mourning. And then, you know, a week after I found out, I had my appointment with the doctor. Just to confirm the pregnancy and all that stuff. So, um, that morning, the morning of the doctor's appointment, I start bleeding. Like, oh shit. So I get to the doctor, and she's like, well, you know, you you can bleed sometimes when you're pregnant. I'm like, yeah, but that's a lot of blood. You haven't seen it yet. So she does her exam. She's like, yeah, that's a lot of blood. She's like, I'm sorry. And she does, like, the sonogram, nothing there. Obviously, because it's early. Um, by that point, I'm bleeding heavily bent over all over the doctor's office it's a mess and at that point is when I start freaking out so I'm crying whatever I get a call back from the doctor they rerun my blood work they're like yeah you're still pregnant so they're like you need to come back in so come back in do more blood work they're like your HCG is still going up you're still pregnant some people just bleed I was like, yeah, but I'm bleeding a lot. They're like, we don't know what's happening. It's like 50-50 chance. So instead of a miscarriage, it's now a threatened miscarriage. I'm like, what the fuck is a threatened miscarriage? <laughs> like, have you heard of that? No. So I guess I did the doctor Googles, and that's just if you have um, unexplained bleeding in pregnancy, they just call it a threatened, and they say it's about a 50-50 chance that the baby will live. So a few days later, I go back. It was so many doctor's appointments. It was ridiculous. We do another sonogram. Finally, there's something there. There's a heartbeat. And they're like, the baby's growing. There's a heartbeat now. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. But, and I'll post a picture because I have a sonogram. There's a huge blood clot next to the baby. Like, it's ginormous. If you're watching us on YouTube, I'll post it. Um, so I was like, is it still 50 50 or is this blood clot going to like shoot out and flush the baby out with it? They're like, eh. I was like, okay, so you're saying it ain't looking and good. And the blood clot's on that. Do you. I, I, whatever, I, what fucking letters is it? <laughs> the letters. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I mean, do you? <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I kind of think so because, you know, in the IED, you don't have a period. So I'm like, maybe, like, my uterus just got really thick with the lining. And and because I got pregnant right away, I didn't have that shedding. So I never had a period to flush everything out. You say something, Shabanda? Yeah, so. Remember, um, I had an IUD a few, like, maybe eight years ago. I had a different type. 
and my IUD came out with a blood clot. Yeah. So I had a with the ER and Mark, because I think that's how shocked she was. And I just text back, like, 
I'm not surprised or something. That was anticlimactic as fuck. I was like, <laughs> you were one of the first people I told, and she was like, I'm not surprised. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so when I was her chart, actually, um, I got my IUD taken out earlier in 2019. And so when we were discussing um, Jasmine getting her IUD taken out, we were, I guess, discussing it after and discussing, okay, you know, things were going to get on, you know, we were going to try the baby, you know, because I'm not trying. I got it taken out for health reasons and whatever else. I'm a lot less than whatever else. So, if Jasmine, she's actually going, she, she was trying. So, when I looked at her chart, her natal chart, it had one of the significant, like, aspects for a baby coming into this world. And that has to do with the planet. And the planet Jupiter was um, in her fifth house. Basically, on the, at the time that she conceived, or at the time that she got her IUD taken out, there was an entire planet shift. So on December 2nd, Jupiter was leaving Sagittarius, and then on December 3rd, it moved into Capricorn. And that all translates into what happened. And actually, uh, I believe it was... Uh, January 21st, when I received a text message showing the picture, the little bonnet, I think it was after the procedure, and that's actually when the sun was moving into a different sign as well. So a lot of the dates that you just mentioned has a lot to do with your your natal chart yeah. and, you know, all this astrological changes that's been going on. So, I mean, I would still say that you could have abundance this year just because this transit is still happening. And, you know, you're still trying to conceive. So I, you know, just would say to continue to do that because it's still going to happen. So it's as very spontaneous as how it's going to happen, just like it happened the first time. Did you see the miscarriage before she had it on her chart? The miscarriage, but I did see the death just because the the planets, um, Saturn and Pluto, are conjunct in the sky for all of us. And so in different areas of each planet. So we've all been experiencing some type of um, it's kind of like an influx of death. I don't know if you've seen it over the last couple of months but there's just been a lot of you know group and um, societal mourning. Like it's everyone mourning about you know just life itself and just thinking about different perspectives on you know how long we really have, how does you know time correlate to how we're living and things like that. So I think that that's just the energy that we're kind of in right now so I never really look for like I, that's not something I would look for in my best friend's chart is to look for death I wouldn't look for that but um of course you know in hindsight I can look for different transits and different things crossing over her son or crossing over different aspects um you know looking in hindsight can I say something which is random y'all ever watch Sailor yeah. Moon what's it yeah, called Sailor Moon. Moon I know you love Sailor Moon you watch Sailor Moon Shaquanda like the anime Jane I Sailor Moon it was years ago. I'm just saying, like, the sailor, like, Pluto and Neptune and Uranus, like, they're in charge of, like, the underworld and death and all that shit. So when you're talking about, like, Pluto... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Pluto doing shit, man, and me, because I don't know what y'all talking about. Who mad? You remember Meepo Head? She had the little two buns. I never watched the show. I never even heard of the show. Oh. Okay. But it's all right. I'm going to... I'm gonna well, that's, uh, how, hmm? What do you say? I'm a cold. Before or after Powder Puff Girls? 
That was way before. That was way before. Yeah. Sam was, was like, in the 90s. That was like the yeah, Powerpuff Girls. But yeah, I think a lot of those cartoons, I mean, if they wanted to, like Magic School Bus and things like that, if they wanted to give kids a good idea of what it was, then you would use real facts. So yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff, Pluto, Neptune, and all of those are the um, considered the outer planets because yeah. it's not something that we can see with the naked eye. The outer girls. So, of course, <laughs> you know, that's true. All right. So before we really get into what you're doing, let's do, because we haven't done a real introduction with you besides your name. So um, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of what you do a little bit before we really get into it, because I know you have a lot to talk to us about today. So hey guys, thanks for having me on the podcast. So I just wanted to introduce myself a little bit. Um, I go by Logical Mermaid, and I've been doing astrological readings for about two years now. And before that, I actually was doing a couple of other businesses. Um, one is with homeschool because I homeschool my son. I've been doing that um, about five, six years now. And um, the other is um, I'm doing with travel. So, and that's just blogging about my lifestyle, travel, you know, fashion, things like that. So right now, um, I've transitioned more into um, just a spiritual lifestyle. I've moved from corporate, you know, in a cubicle, uh, having to, you know, report to somebody nine to five and to owning my own business or businesses and trying to make that work for my family. So um, a little bit about me, I'll explain myself and I guess astrological terms. Um, I have a sun sign in Virgo. My moon is in Pisces, and my rising sign is Libra. And if you don't know what any of those means, I can explain to you, you know, just a little bit about what that means. But um, I think that just basically explains my name. So Logical Mermaid just basically explains all the attributes of my natal chart. You know, I'm uh, very analytical, but I'm also in love with water, in love with anything spiritual, in love with mermaids, and that's me. Okay, so the big thing for me and what I noticed on, like, the natal charts you sent us, everyone kind of goes off their birthday and, like, they have a sign. Like, my birthday's in May, so I'm a Taurus. But there's multiple, like, just like, just like you said, there's multiple. Like, I think my, I think moon sign is Virgo, so I'm like a Taurus and a Virgo. Like, how does that work? Yes, so um, I guess the way that we uh, explain it is to, I guess it's by archetypes, so each planet would have an archetype or each sign would have attributes or an archetype assigned with it. And so when we say, you know, Pluto has to do with death or regeneration or sex, that's just the themes that they've been attributed to. And, you know, a lot of these come from, uh, you know, mythological creatures and things like that from way long ago. So all of these are explained through, you know, parables and things like that that we have from history. So um, with you, Jasmine, you are actually a Virgo rising. So you're basically, you came into this world as a know-it-all. Um, you came into this world, basically your first house that starts your chart is a Virgo. Um, that means that anything, you know, writing, anything, you know, obviously it's what you do, but anything with words, um, not only does that attribute to your Taurus qualities, but, you know, basically who you see yourself as would be a Virgo quality. And your moon is actually in Pluto, I'm sorry, in Scorpio. Okay. So you have a moon 
Scorpio, um, but it's conjunct Pluto. That's why I said that. So it's it's very conjunct to um, the actual planet Pluto. So at the time you were born, the sun was in the sky and Pluto was right next to it. And so you are born with that energy. Okay. So, these, so that's how you would read it. So these charts, it's not just, okay, you were born this time, so you're a Taurus. It looks at where all the other planets were at the time. Because that all affects. Because, yes. I mean, you hear, like, Mercury, Mercury retrograde and stuff like that, but there are other planets as well that can have different effects based on where they are. So you read the entire chart or look at all of everything that's going on in the solar system at the time, right? The traditional seven or nine planetary bodies and some asteroids and, um, you know, some other bodies you know planetary bodies in the sky it depends on what you're looking at um and i do my astrology readings based off of like psychology so a lot of what i do is based off of like personality typing and psychology just basically helping you guys work through karma helping anyone work through their karma so if you are looking at specific things you can look at the whole chart itself or you can bring it down to just one area it depends on what your perspective is on for the purposes Okay. So Missy's over here taking but notes. <laughs> Everyone has all 12 signs. I know you've heard of the 12 zodiac signs here, mm-hmm. Pisces, Virgo, Libra. So if you've heard of those and you know that in the sky, those are basically constellations. Right. So it's just a bunch of different stars that bind together into constellations. And so all that that means is like, Mars, the planet Mars, would be in a constellation of Libra. And all Libra is is a bunch of different stars that we've named as Libra. So your birth chart is just taking a picture of the sky at that time. Right. And it just is a pretty picture that has symbols to it, and then the symbols mean something. And then you learn how to read the symbols. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. I think this is the most detailed you've ever described it, so it's starting to come together but i mean you've been explaining this to me for two years and i'm like what i mean i believe you because you're amazing and you're always telling me something new about myself i just i don't i don't get it but it's slowly coming together it's very complicated and we're gonna show or we'll show a chart just so you can see for reference what she's talking about and how everyone has their own unique charts we can kind of flash one on the screen if you're watching us because it's it's a lot Yeah, also on the screen, we can put up what all of the different houses, all, all of the different areas of the chart means. I um, gave you a breakdown of basically the 12 houses and what each one of those um, each one of those means. So the first house, um, just going through it quickly, would be yourself and how you identify. The second house will be your possessions and the things that you value. The third house will be your siblings and your um, environment, your communications, your early childhood. The fourth house will be your ancestral, um, your generation, uh, your, an- your ancestry and your generational path. Um, has to do with your mother in the fourth house as well. Your fifth house has to do with creativity and the things that you see as like passions or um, the things that you're interested in. The sixth house has to do with the things that we work on and things that. Um, the seventh house has to do with relationships and one-on-one uh, partnerships like marriage or counseling with therapists. 
The eighth house has to do with death and sex. Uh, ninth house is philosophy and religion, travel, um, basically higher mental pursuits. The tenth house has to do with our work and um, basically our career, though. The tenth house is basically like how we see ourselves in our profession, like, you know, what we do as our jobs. And um, the eleventh house has to do with our school groups and our organizations that we're a part of and our friends. And the twelfth house has to do with our secrets and the things that we um, that are hidden from ourselves or other people. Oh, wow. So I, again, we can put that up screen so you guys can take a look at yeah. that. But um, that's just a little brief. It's interesting that death and sex are in the same house. I was thinking the same <laughs> fucking thing. What's up with that? So when, I guess, you know, when they were seeing this, uh, the eighth house has to do with the sign of um, Scorpio, and it has to do with the Pluto, uh, Pluto as a planet, um, planetary ruler. So with that, it's just basically death and regeneration. And so with sex is, is an exchange, and um, the eighth house also has to do with ex exchanges. So it has to do with inheritances um, and, you know, things that are given to us and then also received. So it's the opposite of the second house. It has a lot to do with what we value, but it's just what we value in a more deeper, connected way. Um, so I think that the relationship between sex and death is, you know, when we orgasm or, you know, just, you know, we reach those heights and we see differently and we have this new perspective and that's all, you know, Pluto and Mars and death all, and rebirth, you know, yeah. the, well, Interestingly yeah, enough, so, the... French word for orgasm translates to little death, which is what I immediately thought of. Wow. I wonder if it's because of wow. like our heart. I think it's just because, again, it has to do with the, the energy exchange, especially for men. You are literally shooting your life into a woman. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't use it properly, i.e. have a and there is there is a change that happens. Yeah, it's so an exchange. <laughs> Your wheels are turning. You're on page two. Let's You're go. so funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I have one page of questions, and then the other page was um, like, what your definition? Like, what your definitions were? But it's alright. We're not gonna go back over that. I can just rewind the video. Um, <laughs> I guess we're gonna show a picture of my chart. I guess we'll ask the questions or. Yeah, go ahead and take a look at it. And um, while you do that, I'm just going to, uh, I guess, continue on the eighth house um, and cause that's where your son is. So you have a son in Gemini, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wanna be right person. <laughs> so son in Gemini in eighth house. And so in continuing with this sex and death and regeneration uh, theme, um, just explain to me a little bit how you think that that plays out into your life. Because it seems like that's a major theme um, in your personality. So tell me how like sex factors into, is it a big deal or is it not? Um, it is a big deal. It's a big deal on, on many levels. Um, um, I used to be an escort, so I feel like that started that, you know what I mean? Before I was an escort, I was um, dominatrix. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's been like over 11 years. So I'm technically, yeah, I'm penetrating men. So sex is a huge part of my life, I guess, the past 11 years, definitely more so. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in looking at your chart, do you see that there's another glyph in that same section? So in where you see the number eight and you see um, the sun, there's also Venus there. So even though Venus is in uh, the sign of Taurus for you, it's still in the eighth house for you. So your attraction is, is um, has an energy of the eighth house as well. So a lot of you know the female connections that you'll have, well, your friends and things like that, your sister, you know, your close females um, will be having that eighth house, you know, kind of relationship. So, you know, just what you're doing now, just having a business, talking about sex with a friend that is very eighth house. Um, and it basically means that your son is your ego and it's your essence, it's who, it's who you are, right? So with the sun being in the eighth house, in Gemini, it means that you like talking about and you like experiencing sex. And the way that you feel seen is through that. Um, you know, for a person that would have the son in the fourth house, they would be seen around their family. They would be the most, you know, revved up around their family because the family is the fourth house. If you had the son in maybe the tenth house, then you would be a person that would be, you know, maybe a politician or somebody that would be a singer or someone who would be really out there in a public eye because that's the public persona. But for you, it's the eighth house, and so you feel seen and you feel, I guess, valued. Um, in those areas of anything that's eight house related. So that could also be receiving money, like receiving money or, you know, receiving pleasure or anything like that. Because I said, again, Venus is in the eight house also. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> thousand percent. <laughs> One thing you said to me when I first sent you Missy's birth information was, of course she was born on a Saturday. <laughs> What does that mean? So um, that is, I would say that that's not, I guess, astrologically related, but that's more so like numerology. So, um, you know, depending on the type of day that you were born, it gives you a certain type of flavor, a certain, you know, characteristics. Okay. So what type of characteristics? The weekend is hype. It's <laughs> okay, so, so like, like outgoing characteristics, like let your head down. Yes, but only in front of. So like the the Saturday person is not a person that's going to let their hair down in front of everyone, right? So like you're the type of person that needs to be in a certain group of people to let their hair down. So you know when you go out with your friends and you go out to a ball game or anything like that, you do those type of things on Saturday. So you know you're gonna experience the most fun around people that you are familiar with. If you you know go to a crowded place, you probably will clam up and feel a little bit shy or feel like ooh, do I really know? Like you're not as confident. I wanted to ask you: um, Are you a medium, or were you a medium, or you can only read what the chart is telling you? Uh, I'm scared of ghosts, so no, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I don't invite that. Uh, I actually have a 12th house stellium myself, and the 12th house has to do with uh, 
mental illnesses and psychological issues and prison and anything that is confined. So basically anything that's secreted, held in a box. Um, and that's a lot of my plans held there. So um, a lot of what I do has to do with exposing secrets, but not really sharing secrets. And a lot of what I have to do since I'm a Virgo, it has to do with being very like, like seeing certain things. So I don't like see spirits, but if I see something, if I see it in a report or if I see it in a chart, then I see details. So that's kind of what I see. But um, my Pisces moon actually helps with that and that helps with my intuition. So I guess what you would call it is intuition work, intuitive work. Okay. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I think when we were on the phone, you mentioned when you were briefing me like a week ago, you mentioned something like um, your son's chart had moved that day. Yeah, charts moving. That's a new one for me. So How? Chart to move. Remember? I don't want to put everything out there if you don't want me to say anything, but remember you said you saw something, your son's chart moved that morning, and then later that afternoon that incident happened. You know what I mean? So our charts move? Right, no, exactly what I mentioned. No, it's the planet. So what I what I mentioned was um, the same thing that I mentioned with Jasmine's chart is on a specific day that an event happened, I went back into the chart and saw something that moved across his chart is what I said. So there are certain angles on the chart. If you look at your chart, it has um, on the left side an AC, on the right side a DC, and the DC is a descendant. The descendant. Um, and so for what I said was that I saw the planet actually who has that point in my son's chart when an important event happened. And that's exactly what I said happened to Jasmine um, on the day she had her procedure and also the day that December 3rd, whichever, you know, you want to say conceived, IV taken out, whatever. I mean, a lot happened in December. So, I mean, IV taken out, conceived, you know, finding out about, you know, just an overabundance of, you know, blood and things like that. A lot of those things had to do with what the planet was moving in a certain sign. And then you look at a person's chart. And remember, the chart itself is just a snapshot. So there's never a point in time where anything is just still. Um, you know, everything moves. So the sun in the sky, it moves about a degree a day. And so every single time you look on the chart, it's just going to move a point, And that's each point on the chart is a degree. So for the moon, for example, you know, how we have our tides and our oceans and things like that, how we have our menstrual cycle are all based on the moon having 28 days. And that's how we have, as women, 28-day cycles, 29. Um, and that's what that is. So... With the moon changing signs every 28, 29 days, that's why we have a new moon or full moon every month, right? Because that's every time that that happens. Um, and so when these things hit certain points in our chart, we can feel them uh, more intimately. That's all that that was. Okay. But how do you see it? How are you, how are you able to go back like on certain days to look at where the sun was? Like, is, is it like an app or... Yes, so I'm, what I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at January 21st, and um, I'm looking at what I use is astro.com, 
and well, that's just one of the websites that I use. And um, I can look at Jasmine's chart, and then Jasmine, we can pull it up on the screen, but I can just show you guys what I'm looking at. So basically, the natal chart here in the middle, all of the planets that we're born with is going to be in the middle. And then as it's shooting, it's going to be on the side here. So all of the planets that are currently transiting, um, for example, the sun uh, in Aquarius, Mercury here, this is actually on January 21st. Um, so what I was mentioning is the fact that um, the sun here was in the fifth, well, transiting out of the fifth house in Capricorn and moving into Aquarius. And this is chart, and the fifth house was our children. So you also, you also had this here, which is Jupiter, and that was conjunct Neptune. And, you know, like I said, of course, going back, we can see that that was just your overabundance of your blood. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, want to say it harshly, but that's what that is, because Neptune has to do with um, the ether. So Neptune has to do with the ethereal world and um, fluids, water, and anything like basically the open ocean. So um, that's our womb, right? And mm -hmm. so that is how we create life and where we create life is in our womb in water. Um, and that's how babies are, you know, birth and how they're born. Um, so with all of that, you know, looking back in the chart, you can see that we had uh, Jupiter, and Jupiter represents abundance, it represents growth, and it represents um, achieving. So that was transiting in your fifth house, which is what I said is all the good things about transiting in the fifth house. So you would want Jupiter to transit the fifth house when you are trying to conceive. That's something that you would want. But you wouldn't necessarily want it to transit through a Neptune, um, you know, transit with the Neptune or have any type of indication of Uranus being that's attached to it because your fifth house um, had that Uranus aspect of it as well. Yeah, that was my surgery day, I think, was January 21st, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was my DNC day. Hmm. But yeah, you can, I mean, if you have the date, you can pull up, you know, where the planets are on a certain date, because obviously that's trackable. It's just you mm -hmm. have to know how to interpret what you're right. saying. Right. So that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. But you see this on the app, and you can go back as far as what? Like, as far as five years when you're on this app? So basically what it is is that planets run in cycles. Well, not run in cycles, but they rotate, travel, however you want to say it, um, in and so we can quote unquote predict now that we have computer technology, something that we've been doing for you know centuries and centuries um, since you know back in the you know Ethiopians, Africans, you know Egyptians, everyone, everyone was using astrology and they were using it to better their lives. And so they had to do hand drawn charts, and they could only possibly foretell you know like foresee 100 years or so, right? Because that's all that they can compute by hand. But now we have computers. So for example, it's a chart like this on my, on my screen, and you can basically see where each planet is going to be at any specific time. So we know where a planet is going to be, even 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years from now, I can pull a chart and I can pull it for, you know, great, 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 great grandparents 
um, from eons before if you know their birth dates and things like that. That's wild. Oh, man. Okay. So, that's amazing. This is like a whole other language. Like, we're learning another language. You know what I'm saying? And we really have to break it down to understand. That's why we broke the, the 12 houses down to us. You know, and you're, you were breaking down Neptune. You were breaking down Jupiter. So, this is very interesting. Yeah. But you cannot, you literally cannot read the chart unless you know the lingo. Because you guys have your own dictionary. Yes. So, you there is a natal chart. And, like, that is the chart of the time you were born. And then there's a transit chart. And that's this time that's happening right now. So, um, I guess if you were doing, you know, horoscopes and things like that, how people do the things in the magazines or you just do it by your birthday, that's how they're quote-unquote fortune-telling is because they're looking at the energies that is happening at that time and then seeing how it's affecting different people based off of a group of people in that sign. So all of Capricorn is not going to be experiencing the same thing, but they're going to be experiencing the same type of energy. So mm -hmm. that's how you can kind of predict what's going to happen. Makes sense. And then what we're talking about, you can predict next week. Because you have that chart that shows you where the solar system or where the planet's going to be. And alive. then we're going to test you and be like, you know, and then you ask us how that week went. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, right now. So, Pooh, we haven't heard much about, you know, your chart, and I haven't really explained too much. So, um, for you, Pooh, I'm just going to go ahead and just ask you, you mentioned before that you were a little bit more vulnerable, and you happen to be having a Venus return right now. So, what that means is that Venus is at basically the same point in the sky as when you were born. So, that might help you <laughs> explain a little bit on why you might be feeling a little bit more emotional, or you said, you know, at the top of the, the call today that you might cry. So mm -hmm. um, explain to us a little bit how you're feeling right now as far as your emotions. Um, I mean, they stable right now. Um, I feel like a little at peace. Okay. So um, for you, I guess uh, I'll just go in and just do um, a brief reading because I got a chance to speak with Missy over the phone. And um, I just have your birth information here in front of me. So um, you are Scorpio rising, and you actually have Pluto in the first house of Scorpio. Um, we all are from the Pluto in Scorpio generation. We're all born around that same time, between you know, things like 82 and 90 something. Um, and so that first house being Scorpio means that the first. I guess, a couple of years of your life would have been traumatic. And I want to say traumatic in, in a way that you probably felt internally, but you probably don't remember, right? Because that's um, a lot having to do with, you know, Scorpio, it has to do with death and regeneration and things like that. So your early childhood would have had a lot of growth and a lot of death and regeneration. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean people dying, but it just means that there was a lot of changes that happened um, earlier. Um, and it also means that you yourself like to change. So you like to switch it up every once in a while with you know, maybe how you look. Um, you probably you know, like to change around just like where you live or other things like that just because of how you grew up and just needing that constant change, um, feeling too stable is probably like uncomfortable for you. Um, you have a second house of Sagittarius 
and uh, no planets in the second house, but you have um, energy of all what you value and things like that is your higher learning. You value your religion, you value your beliefs, your, you know, your family comes first and things like that. Um, your third house is where it gets interesting. And the third house has to do with our siblings, our you know, neighborhood growing up in our early uh, childhood. And you have Uranus, Neptune, and Saturn. And you have that in the sign of Capricorn. And so with having that in the sign of Capricorn meant that you probably would have had some type of responsibilities with your siblings or you would have been like parentified growing up. So even though you know you would have had a mom or a mom and a dad, you were still given a lot of responsibility early in life. And um, that made me just like, okay, we'll go cook this or go cook for yourself or you know, go take out the trash or whatever it is, but you still had a lot of responsibilities. And with Uranus and Neptune being there, um, I would say that it was kind of spontaneous. So like you may have had early jobs growing up and um, basically had to, you were forced to have that discipline in your life. Um, and then your fourth house is Aquarius and that has your moon. So I'll stop there by saying that uh, you are extremely close with your mom, but I want to hear from you um, if you can relate back to me any of the themes that I mentioned as far as, you know, what uh, Aquarius moon is. So um, Aquarius has to do with being a rebel, being um, good with technology, and uh, basically doing anything that is different. So the moon also describes our mothers and our maternal nature. So the way that you would mother and the way that you were mothered were eccentric. So either your mom is eccentric or, you know, the way that you parent is like kind of off the wall. Um, do you have any indications of that? <laughs> 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 Should blow your mind. Yeah, how my mom raised me and how I raised my child is two totally different ways. My mom was more strict on us, but with my son, I ain't know when it is strict. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> but you had a lot of responsibilities? Growing up, yeah. Because we, my, my mom, like, would work. So it was me and my sister majority of the time. So we had to. I can think of another time, too. I don't know if, I'm gonna, if you want me to bleep it out, I can. But um, when your mom was sick when we were growing up. Yeah. Like, her mom was really, really sick. And it was a lot of on your own and helping her out and yeah. stuff like that. And when you said me and my mom is close, yeah, my mom is like my best friend. Like, yeah. We, we, yeah. And you know, yeah. um, Aquarius is the natural of the 11th house, and the 11th house has to do with our friends. And um, I have a fifth house, Aquarius. And so my son is very much my friend. Like, as much as I'm really hard on him, because, uh, Aquarius and um, has to do with like Saturn as well. So he knows how not to cross me, but at the same time, I didn't have a close bond with him growing up. Like when he was like really, really young, I didn't have that, you know, mother-son relationship that people talk about. It was like, he was a daddy before, but he only went to my husband. And I created kind of like, oh, okay. So I had to learn how to become his friend. And now we're just like, you know, 
that's my best boy right there. So um, I, I definitely can relate to you when it comes to that. I mean, I want my children to be my friends too, but they definitely, um, you know, my one child. <laughs> he knows not to cross the line. Um, so for you, I'll continue, um, who I'll continue with you with uh, Pisces in the fifth, and you actually have um, the planet Mars there. So with the planet Mars being in your house of creativity, um, that's actually helpful to you. So you may have like a lot of like spontaneous affairs or, uh, you know, creative sparks. You may like get a hobby and just like want to, you know, do or learn everything about that, you know, like once you, um, wow. like all be hands on, you just like want to go get it. Right. But it's in Pisces. So like, once that desire goes away, you really don't have the direction to like make something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's crazy. Okay, so uh, you do have a sixth house, right? So you know how to work hard. You know what hard work is, and you know how to take care of yourself. But you also have Venus in that sixth house. Um, and basically putting all of your pleasures into that house, it means that you just want to sit on your ass. Right? Like you just want to have people feed you like grapes and like, you know, like you want to have action around you, but you want to be sitting down and like basically telling everybody what to um, Like you still want to enjoy the experience, but you kind of want to be more laid back with it. Um, and that has to do with, you know, again, the... Um, uh, your sun placement as well because you have a Taurus sun, right? So born in May, yep, right. Okay, and so you have um, a Taurus sun, but you also have a Taurus Mercury. So the planet Mercury in our chart, um, I haven't you know really mentioned this, but it has to do with our communication. It has to do with our um, the way we speak and um, how we communicate. So our conversations and our, our writing styles and things like that, for you, it would be Taurus. Um, I believe for, for um, Jasmine, it is Taurus as well. Um, but for Jasmine, you have a whole other stellium in the ninth house in Taurus. We will get to that. Um, but your relationships, Pooh, is going to be something to where you're going to want, because the sun is in the seventh house, you're going to want to be interacting with your partner. So any partner that you have is um, going to be somebody that you're going to need to be able to talk to them. Like you're going to need to be able to just like let, you know, let your experiences onto them and then have them kind of like be, be the stability. Because like I said, you really don't want to be that stability, but you want your partner to be that stability for you. You kind of want to be out there, not necessarily run the streets, but running the, street, running the streets and not be <laughs> not be quiet down, but you want your partner to, to have that stability. Um, and then you have an eighth house of Gemini, and no planets in the eighth house, but that just means that when you have sex and when you're thinking about sex, your your mind is kind of all over the place. I know we've all heard of just twins, right? And so we've heard of this kind of like flighty you know, two person in your mind. Basically, when you're having sex, you're probably thinking about other things or other people. Um, you're probably that person that runs lists down the head or like you really need to be in the mood so that it's not so much like mental stuff going on when you're actually in the mood. Um, 
and your ninth house is Cancer, uh, the sign of Cancer. Um, it has the planet Jupiter in there. So I know I mentioned this before, but I don't know if you can, uh, you know, mention anything about your your religious or your philosophy on religion or anything like that, because it seems like something that maybe. It may have been forced down your throat too much just because, like I mentioned before, Jupiter has to do with overabundance. And so with that being there, it's probably like, ooh, a little bit too much of that. And you kind of have like a personal feeling towards that. Is there anything you can elaborate on? Yeah, kind of. Girl, like my mom is a Christian, so she always, you know, pushed that on us, being a Christian, believing in God, going to church regularly. My, my thought would be us being in church till five o'clock. <laughs> like literally, church was all day. Yeah, and growing up, I was a part of everything in church. And when I got older, and she finally let me decide on my own, that's when I was like, okay, I'll come certain days. I'm not coming every day with you, but like. Can't come right there. <laughs> like we will have snack breaks and lunch breaks and yeah. Girl. so long. <laughs> He's literally in church from Sunday to Sunday. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for so I can go ahead and finish I can go ahead and finish your chart, but I wanted to stop on Jasmine's um just because you mentioned it, uh you have Jupiter in the ninth uh ninth house as well. Jasmine. So you actually have that conjunct your son. So everything about you is overabundance. And it basically means that a lot of what people see is just like just this ray of sunshine all around you, right? So you just have this like abundance of energy, good energy, wherever you go. Um, <laughs> uh-uh. I'm like chill vibes though. Like I'm chill. <laughs> I wouldn't call me a ray of sunshine. You chill, but you know, a lot of people will, you know, come to you and flirt with you and things like that. Yeah. Get those yeah. windows. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jupiter in the night for you as well. And, um, yeah, so any questions so far? Who? I don't even know how much you to keep going. Uh-uh. <laughs> Missy, I know you had some questions, so did you want to do anything spark anything in your brain, Missy, that you wanted to ask? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been spot on. Everything you said so far has been spot on. Oh. Mm-hmm. You got any questions, Missy? Um, yeah, I have I can go back to my questions. Um to, to that app you said you can literally go because technology can literally go as far in the future or as far back as we want to. Right? Um, So is there a point where we may scroll like 50 years and then like everything goes blank? Like, is is, is that possible? I mean, we have energy, we have sunlight, we have all of this, so as long as the orbit is still happening, we will always have that picture in the sky to be able to then um, interpret what that means. Because that's basically all that it is. I mean, it's not, um, 
there's a correlation. There's not an exact like, okay, well, this is happening here, so this means this. We have just over time I've known that when you know, for example, Mercury is going in the sky in an opposite direction, we call that a retrograde, right? But it's not really going backwards. It's just our perspective in the sky based off of where it is and where it's transiting. So we have noticed that shit gets a little funky around those times of the year, which is two to three times a year. So um, that's kind of how we can predict it is we are seeing like, okay, well, those are the energies up there in the sky and something down here is going on as well. Okay. Um, and as long as it's all orbiting, we're always going to have that influence. I actually have a question okay. too. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to know how you learned to do this or how you got into it in the first place. So I have been into astrology since high school. And um, I think I've been, I guess, transitioning into, like I was mentioning before, a more spiritual lifestyle from a religious upbringing. Um, after I got married, after, um, so my husband and I are from different religious backgrounds. Like we're both, I guess, Christian, but he comes from the Catholic background and I grew up Methodist um, or non-denominational. And so when we got married, we basically had to question how we were going to raise our child, what did we believe in, and things like that. And that's when we started questioning. And I got married at 20. So it was around that time for me that, um, and I believe it was 2008. So, um, yeah, 2008 when I got married. So around that time for a lot of us, we also had a, a shift in the planet Pluto. Um, that basically just gave a lot of us a different perspective. So um, with that, I started to read more and the more I was reading, the more I was like getting certain things that were astral, like had an astrological reference. So like even, you know, the Bible or things like that, you know, things that we hear, it's like, well, how do you know that the wise men were following the star? The star, what star? Like that, those are the questions that I had. And so that's when I started you know, researching and looking into it. So it's been about 10 years that I've been, you know, going on the spiritual path, but I would say in the last eight years is when I've been really like researching astrology and really into it. So did you just teach it to yourself by like looking online or? Yeah, I just, I self-taught. Mm -hmm. wow. I do do classes and things like that, but I didn't um, join any groups or, you know, I did um, maybe one or two readings uh, from an astrologer and, you know, basically how we take on a lot of things in life and learn from what not to do from other people. And I just learned what type of astrologer I wanted to, uh, wanted to be based off of that. So based off your eight to 10 year, <laughs> really into this, between those eight to 10 years, has anything caught you off guard? Has anything caught me off guard? What do you mean by that? Have I seen anything? Like, you you might have looked at your chart or whatever, and then some maybe something the opposite of that happened to you. Or, or everything that has happened to you, you've seen it, you were prepared, you already knew it, and so you don't really overreact. Um, on a death, you don't overreact on an illness, you don't overreact on a pregnancy because you literally see everything the past eight to ten years. Um, 
So I guess that's, well, reacting is kind of, I guess, doing it in the moment. And so I'm not looking for any future things. Like I do look at forecasts, but I do it. Um, so I do like a solar return when it's my birthday. I'll see like what the energy is for that year, what I'm going to be working on. Um, but really, I'm not the type of astrologer that does, okay, well, this is how my week's going to be. And then moving my week based on astrology. Like I don't need that. Um, a lot of the stuff that I deal with has to do with past traumas and dealing with emotions and family issues and things like that. So a lot of the stuff I do is going backwards. Mm. So I will, will say that um, if I'm looking at anything, then I'm, it's really hard to read your own chart. Uh, so it's really hard to see stuff in a, like a perspective that's not objective or, yeah. Um, so for me, I've seen it in other people's charts. Like for my sister, I have a lot of things that are in her chart that I'm like, do I even have the right birth time for you? Because there's so many questions. Um, but for me, I mean, going back, I basically see everything that's there. It's not any question. That's, that's how astrology is supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to look at a certain date and be able to, you know, pinpoint what's happening. If your birth time is correct, then it's supposed to be able to line up perfectly. Okay. But you're more focused on like why this happened back then. That's why you look back. You're you're more for, focused on why you do this a certain way, why your mom did this, maybe it, like that. Is that why you look back more? Yes, exactly. Because I believe in healing generational karmas and I believe that if we don't deal with it now, then we're gonna deal with it in the future. So it's, it's something that, that, like me and my mom have similar placement, but we are nothing alike. But I guess we are alike because we are basically, you know, mirrors of each other. We're not the same, but we have similar influences. Um, so whereas I have a fifth house moon and she has a fifth house moon, we are completely different parents, like completely different parents. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with where our you know where that moon is in each in our signs and then also the generational planets and things like that that are happening too so i always take the chart as a whole and not just you know one planet or one sign um or one placement okay speaking on generational karmas can you name some for us maybe not personal but that you've seen like what do you consider general um generational karmas um so alcoholism or drug abuse, um, I've seen that passed down through generations. Um, I've seen sex workers or just uh, prostitution um, selling yourself throughout generations. And um, I mean, it's just, you know, everything that we deal with, you know, whatever you can name that's been, I guess, troubling to us, you can pass that down to your kids. So. I've seen a lot. How do we work through these karmas? So um, you basically would pinpoint certain areas of your chart and you uh, you know, would book a reading with me and we would take a look, I would take a look at your chart and then just see what, um, what are the influences or what planetary influences we would work on. So. Um, if you, you know, are asking about you specifically, I can answer that question. But if you're asking more of a general question, then I would say we would uh, look at the 12th house and look at, start there and look at what energies are there. Because that is basically um, 
the other realm. You know, that's heaven, if you believe in heaven, or the other realm where we come in from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, can you see wealth in my chart, and which house is that? So money would be um, the planet Venus. So wherever Venus is, that's how we're going to attract to us. Um, the second house also, and wherever Taurus, the sign Taurus is. So, you, Missy, you have the second house of Scorpio. You are going to make money off of sex. Plain and simple. Amen. <laughs> Can you repeat what you said? You said Venus, the planet Venus is money. Yes, and Venus for you is in Taurus. And so, Venus in Taurus means that you like a lot of sensuality you like to have you know massage oils and smelling good lotions you like to be pampered and taken care of you like to um have some food and be wine and dine and um yeah that's your penis that's me Uh, y'all don't have any other questions. I feel like I'm just asking all the questions. (laughs) I'm like, you asked the question. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Okay. Can you see old friends that have come and left my chart in my life? Like, in my chart? Does it tell you anything like that? So you're asking about friends? Yes. Can you see, like, old friends that have come and left my life either physically or like they're they died can you see that in my chart that um we would have a separate call for i would basically have to ask you a you know several questions based off of your 11th house and your fifth house um but it seems that you know from taking a first glance your Chiron in the ninth house, and Chiron is our wounded healer, and that basically has a lot to do with people that are not with us. So um, for you in particular, because it's your it's in your ninth house, um, so you're going to have a lot of core wounds with people that are not necessarily in your physical location. So I don't know if that's because they've been you know ripped from you or they died. It could be a several number of reasons. Um, you know, I have, like I said, I have this 12th house stellium, and so that to me, um, for me, means that people are going to be in and out of my life as well. So we would just need to do a deeper reading for that, but that is something that I can answer. Okay. I'm definitely going to book a deeper reading with you. Um, what is my 12th house saying? I want to know my 12th house too. <laughs> <laughs> The sign of Virgo. And so basically with the sign of Virgo being in the 12th house, um, I have a son in Virgo, right? But my Virgo is also in the 12th house. So I'm not a typical Virgo. I'm not always on time, even though Virgo is supposed to be punctual. I am not always tedious and tidy and like, uh, however you want to say that. Um, yeah, tidy and, you know, keeping things clean and things like that as a Virgo would. So with the 12th house being our secrets and things we have hidden, for you, Missy, I would say, you know, your house, 
is a little bit messy or your car, um, the things that you have around you, even though you like to smell good and you like to keep things good, it might be a little bit um, disorganized, right? And so that might also be with your spiritual life as well, because our, our spiritual self is in the 12th house. And with Virgo being there for you, that means that you're going to have to take a mental kind of like create a foul happening in your head and then just put everything in its place in order to actually understand how you feel about certain things. Um, that is going to be extremely helpful for you. So you don't have any planets natally in the 12th house. So I can't, you know, read any of the fifties, but Mercury is the planetary ruler of the 12th. And so I would just say work on your communications, work on not hiding your feelings or hiding exactly, you know, what you think about certain situations at the time. Just go ahead and let it out. Are you able to are you able to look at yours, Jasmine? So I mentioned that you were a Virgo rising. Um, Virgo starts your first house. You have no planets in the first house. Um, and your second house is Libra. So no planets in the second house also, but you can see that um, you have a lot of configurations that basically set up for that second house to um, prosper. So basically what that means is that um, Venus is the planetary ruler of Libra. And so wherever Venus is in your chart is going to be where you're going to have the most abundance, basically where you're going to make the most money, right? So for you, it is in the sign of Gemini. Venus is in the sign of Gemini. Gemini is writing, it's words, it is communication, right? Mm -hmm. So anything that you are basically going to make money off of is going to be anything that has to do with of the new theme. So whether it's uh, writing or music or art, that's going to be something that's going to be you know valuable to you. Um, your third house is interesting also for you. So it is uh, Moon and Pluto conjunction, and it's the sign of Scorpio. And that basically means that your childhood was rocky. Okay, so your moon conjuncts Pluto means that your mom's mental state would have been fluctuating at the time that you were born. And not necessarily meaning that she's unstable, but just like having a lot to go through. Like her physical self was changing. Not only was she pregnant and gonna have a child, but um, she would have been going through some type of transition. I don't know what that transition was, but at the time of your birth, your mom would have been going through something transformative. Um, and then uh, your fourth house is Sagittarius. So, so you actually have the planet of Uranus and Neptune. I'm sorry, Uranus and Saturn in uh, the fourth house, in um, the, the, uh, the house of your families. So uh, Sagittarius has to do with higher learning, it has to do with travel, it has to do with our philosophical pursuits. So your mom, being in the fourth house, would have encouraged you to think bigger, right? So like... Nothing that she taught you would have been small-minded. Everything that she taught you would have been inexpensive. So whether it was learning new things, not just learning about your neighborhood. You know how some people, they like to just teach about their culture, right? Mm -hmm. um, your, your household growing up was basically like learn anything, everything. Not necessarily to say that they put the books in front of you, but they encourage you to have a wide range of thinking about the world in itself. Um, 
I would say with the fourth house, having Uranus in there, um, maybe one of your siblings is not from your family um, because Uranus has to do with spontaneity and it has to do with your mom not actually birthing children, but actually just having been receiving or just spontaneously given a child. Um, I don't want to make that sound weird or anything, but that's kind of what it, what it yeah. seems like. Um, do you want me to stop there? Do you have any questions? No. I mean, the spontaneous okay. thing, um, we do. I do have an adopted brother, so spontaneous child. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is conjunct Saturn. So that's similar to what I mentioned before about the responsibility with where Pooh had. Um, I myself have the Uranus and Saturn, but I have it in the third, so I have it with my sibling as well. Um, I don't know if you feel responsible for your siblings or you have felt responsible, but anywhere that Saturn is conjunct, it basically means that that's something that we're learning lessons from. Um, and moving on into your fifth house, and your fifth house is a sign of Capricorn. And that's really interesting, and I want to get your take on this. Because having a fifth house Capricorn, it just means that your interests are work. Okay, so your hobbies are anything that has to do with you working hard. Capricorn is about working hard. It's about getting shit done and being productive. So, uh, you know, that's like the jack of all trades. Like you kind of know how to do everything and you're just working through whatever anybody gives you, right? So, yeah. Um, you have Neptune, the planet of Neptune being there though. So for me, that's kind of like when you're at your job, you're going to do it, but you're going to be in this like mental state of like, kind of like loopiness. I don't know. Um, it's not really a ditzy thing, but it's kind of like if I was here, I would be a miserable person, a miserable person. So I'm just not going to be here, but I'm still going to work. <laughs> uh, so next, also, so. Neptune also being in Capricorn means that you're going to not have the typical work life. You're going to have something that is going to be fluctuating because, again, Neptune has to do with Pisces. It has to do with the other round. So it has to do with anything that is like here, but not here. So you want to not be somewhere where you're working, where you're going to be like checking in necessarily, because that's not really going to fly with you. You need that Neptune and kind of checking when you want to kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, your sixth house is Aquarius. So I would say that has to do with, um, and it has the planet of Mars. So Aquarius has to do with the sign of um, Uranus, and that's, again, spontaneity. So anything that you're doing in your everyday life, which is your sixth house, is going to be spontaneous. So um, whatever you start, you may not finish, just because you have Mars there, and Mars is like quick. So whatever, wherever Mars is kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to get this done, but I'm going to leave it half-assed, I'm going to get back to it later, and I'm going to leave this here, and that's kind of like your everyday life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely is. <laughs> so, yeah, seventh house, uh, the sign is Pisces. And so for you with a partner, it's going to be... Um, so obviously we, we know that your your spouse is a firefighter, right? right. Um, but above that though, you think of somebody that is a healer. So Pisces has to do with healing. Um, and it also has to do with um, working in the supernatural. So, you know, bringing people back from the death, you know, <laughs> things like that, you know, working on them. Um, but also 
healing their souls. So I feel like, you know, whoever you're attracted to, they're going to have to be somebody that sees people's spirit in a sense, you know, not necessarily like religious and it's going to come up to you and want to save your soul from eternal damnation, but they kind of see their individual, you know, they see the other person's soul and they kind of like speak to their soul. Um, That's going to be somebody that you're, you know, going to be attracted to. Your eighth house, the house of sex, is um, Aries. And uh, you can tell me a little bit about this, right? Um, So you're going to like to have spontaneous sex, um, um, but it's going to be something that is going to be almost like Aries is the god of war, right? It was was the god of war. So I want to say your eighth house is going to be lots of fire, not literal fire, but it could possibly be fire. Um, Very fire. So very like when it's hot, it's hot. And then when it's not, it's kind of like, whoa, what happened? Like the flame just went completely out. Mm -hmm. So for you, you're going to have to like do things that are going to be like action, you know, like something that is going to have action, but then you're having sex. So like sex under the bleachers at a basketball game, you know, because that's Aries and that's sports and then that's, like whatever that is, like that's what you're gonna like get up, get up on. Or anything that has to do with like horseback riding. You guys could be horseback riding and you could be riding in whatever, you know, my hurt. <laughs> And the ninth house has the sun, Jupiter, and Mercury all in the sign of Taurus. So again, the ninth house has to do with our religion, our philosophy, our higher learning, and um, our philosophical pursuits. And so for you, that's a lot of your energy, a lot of who you are and um, your personality is basically evolving and changing. So I don't know if you want to speak more on this, but from the time that you were a child to the, till now, you're a different person. And that's because your ego, your whole identity has basically been evolving this entire time. So, um, yeah. Missy, I know that you knew Jasmine when she was younger. So if you meet her, you know, if you reconnect with her now and you've met her now, you're probably like, whoa, who are, like, who is this person? Yeah, and definitely what I was like when your commercial came up on my feed. <laughs> And that's a big thing for me. Like the religion thing is a big thing, and like my motto motto for life is the only thing that we can really know is that we know nothing. And I'm constantly trying to learn and evolve. And my big thing for the past few months is admitting to myself and admitting to others that I'm wrong. Like it is something very. <laughs> cathartic about saying you're wrong and saying how can I improve from this like what can I learn from this like I'm always trying to evolve and that's a huge thing for me mm-hmm. so that's a yeah and that also with your Virgo rising so that has to do with you just wanting to be a perfectionist and you you know wanting to make sure that anything that you're saying or you're putting out there you you know you know what you're talking about All right yep if I'm gonna be a smart ass know it all, I need to know it all. So <laughs> let me pull out this book real quick that I just read it in. You're wrong. Right. <laughs> so, um, so 
So Jasmine, if you can look at your chart, I just before we move past the ninth house, I just wanted to make note that you have a an interesting uh, aspect with your Sun and your Saturn. So in your birth chart, you can actually tell that um, you know whoever this person was born at this time would be someone who would be attracted to older men. And that is your Sun and Saturn aspect. Can I just say so. I've always had old boyfriends? <laughs> always. My husband is seven years older than me. Like, I've always loved me some silver foxes. Like, that's, that's life. So, um, I want to go on to the 10th house mm -hmm. for you. And the 10th house is um, the sign of Gemini. And so, for the um, 10th house, it's uh, the public persona and our work environment and you are a writer Gemini has to do with writing so um, that seems to be very fitting for me but um, what I wanted to mention Jasmine is this Venus in to the 10th house so this has to do with attraction right so anything that um, we're attracted to you're basically going to be attracted to people and your work environment so the fact that you married somebody that you worked with is very indicative of this chart because Venus is in the 10th house of your, your work career. <laughs> um, and not only that, you know, uh, the Mars planet in the 6th house. And the Mars is our energy where we're going to look for a man if we're female. And um, Venus is, you know, we're a man looking for uh, a female or a female looking for a female. You're going to look for Venus. So for you, um, Jasmine, you had your male partner mm -hmm. in your sixth house, which is what, so you would find your male partner in your work environment. So there's double you as well where your partner is going to be. Um, the 11th house for you is going to be uh, cancer, and that means that you're going to be super emotionally connected to your friends. Um, so a lot of your groups and organizations you're going to be a part of is going to be something to where you have a genuine connection with. You're not just going to sign up for something just because you feel obligatory or whatever, like you have to do it. You're going to genuinely feel connected to it, and then you're going to sign up, and then you're going to do it passionate about it. Um, that goes for your hopes and your dreams and your wishes as well, because your feelings are going to be very much tied to all of those things. Uh, your 12th house is Leo. And so for you, it just means that you have difficulty doing the things that are Leo-esque. So being brave, being courageous, standing out there, doing all those things is going to put yourself out there as like the person. That is a little bit troubling for you. So um, Leo is all about like um, beautifying themselves and making themselves present as, you know, shit, right? So that's going to be a little bit hard for you. You're going to be a, somewhat nitpicky of yourself. You're going to be constantly saying that there's flaws about you or saying, oh, well, my hair's not right today or this is not right or I don't look right or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> you always tell about your floppy tits. wanting to know about your 12th house and that's going to be something that you're going to work on is um just being okay with being you and just saying i'm the shit and i'm good how i am she i mean she tells she, me like little pieces as events happen but i've never gotten like the full 12 mm -hmm. houses with you so i love it but we are probably at 1%, so what we're going to do is charge. Maybe you need to snack and eat 
Yep. And then we can finish we'll up. Come back. Finish up with them and then get all your info because you know your phone's about to blow up, ma'am. <laughs> 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 <laughs>